It's time for the November 26, 2021 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review, an oral aggregate of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting from the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. Woo! Yeah. And yeah. as always, yeah. the least followed celebrity on Instagram. <laughs> Mahler, the fake news dog. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to get those numbers up. Am I good here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're good. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to make that happen, but it, yeah, it's interesting. Oof. Yeah. Today. Yeah. We'll be talking about unreal estate, a public nuisance, backsliding democracies, marijuana taxes, and then some. But first, have you ever? You know, like seen an albatross. You don't see them down here. In, no, I mean, I'm in probably somewhere in the deep recesses of my cranium. I probably could conjure up this. Uh, Not the vision of an, uh, but an actual albatross. Right. I mean, I remember Monty Python, you know. Yeah. Albatross. <laughs> remember he was selling albatrosses at a, you know, he had like he was in a theater. And he didn't have any wafers. Okay. Or candies, but he had one big albatross. <laughs> big albatross. Yeah. So yeah. to answer your question, probably, but I cannot recall. And then there's always the albatross around your neck thing. Yes. Whatever that, that means. It means you're burdened. You are burdened. Exactly yeah. right. It's a great big seabird. Okay. But how did it get around your neck? I don't. How did that become a thing? Yeah. Is is that something from Shakespeare? Did he conjure that up somehow, or what? What happened? Why? Yeah, it's uh, you know they can get eleven foot wingspans. Jesus, yeah, yeah. that's a lot. You that's... put them in case if you put them in the studio right here, right. we wouldn't be able to really no. get along at all. <laughs> no, we in fact never. This is a lesson for all new DJs here yeah. at Irvine. Yeah, um, KUCI standing for Irvine. Eighty-eight point nine FM. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever have an albatross as a guest. Do not. Yeah, because I believe. And I'm spatially challenged here a little bit, yeah. in that I think it would reach all the way across the studio. Well, let me let me walk Once it you off. walk here. it off yeah, for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Two, three. Clo wow, very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a spacious studio here, but I would say you would want to take the chance. Yeah. Of having an albatross in the yeah. studio, yeah. just in case anyone's considering that. And they're known for being socially monogamous too. Oh. You know, they like kind of mate for life for the most part. Okay. That's what you hear about them. Mm -hmm. but that's a crock. It is? It really is, yeah. Okay. I mean, they, they do kind of stick together because they depend on each other and they get to know one. But uh, the truth is they get around when no one's watching. <laughs> there it's you true. go. Yeah. There you go. It's known as extra pair copulation. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that sounds is that that's a biological designation. It sounds sounds very scientific. The way they present that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. From Scientific American, the albatross divorce rate oh, is rising. It is. Yeah. I guess they're hearing about this extra pair copulation stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Scientists say it's because of the warming oceans. Oh. Okay. There you go. Which makes for food and nutrition nutrition scarcity. So you know they're they're not getting enough food and uh, that makes it hard on their albatross eggs right. and as a result albatrosses aren't making enough baby albatrosses right. 
and and then the females are blaming the males. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so they go out and try and find some other mate. Yeah, they're out there. Yeah, yeah. It's the females are the it, ones well, that up and leave. I, I think we got to consider renaming them, not albatrosses, but albatramps. Albatramps? Yeah, I wow. think so, yeah. You're harsh. Oh, that's a little that's harsh. That's a nasty I thing to say so about harsh. a female albatross. Yeah. <laughs> ah, so they think their husbands aren't good breeders is what's going oh, on. When blame in fact the, the blame whole the guy. Yeah. Yeah. When in fact the whole albatross population isn't getting enough vitamins. Okay. Well, that's that's really what's going on. So the females are leaving the males for no good reason. How many times have you heard that? <laughs> I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've heard that. Now this mistaken From... cause here with the uh, you know that's causing the divorce rates. Right. Uh, scientists call this the partner blaming hypothesis. Which I've heard that brought up in court here uh, in in divorce court, yeah, yeah. all across Orange County. That's where the female conflates the stress caused by environmental conditions yeah. with poor performance by her partner. Well, there you go. Yeah. How many times have I heard that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah, that is. That's a, yeah. Oh, there right. you go. There you go. From the Real Deal. That's a New York real estate magazine. Mm-hmm. The real deal. I believe you. Yeah. Yeah. A patch of virtual real estate. Virtual real estate. Like not physically existing real estate. Mm -hmm. A patch of this virtual real estate in the online world Decentraland. Oh, God. Decentraland. I guess they want to decentralize things. That's the whole cyber yeah. currency crypto thing. They want to divorce not... you from your money is what they want. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're thinking there's no, you know, yeah. it's not U.S. currency. It's right. a decentralized right. currency. Right, of course it is, sure. Decentraland, this uh, patch of virtual real estate there sold for $2.4 million worth of cryptocurrency. Yeah, Decentraland is a metaverse. Of course it is. Of course it is. Or what we like to call a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, it's where you can buy land that's not land. Visit buildings that are not buildings and meet people who are not people. <laughs> not who they say they are. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> why wow. doubt them? What could go wrong? <laughs> Unreal estate and other unproperty in Decentraland is sold in the form of non-fungible tokens. Yeah. Yeah, which those are the MFTs that we yeah. always hear about these yeah. days. Crypto enthusiasts. Wow, that's a phrase. Yeah. Crypto enthusiasts buy land there as a speculative investment using Decentraland's cryptocurrency MANA. MANA, yeah. a subsidiary of tokens.com called the Meta Metaverse Group. Yeah. Yeah, I just <laughs> bought the patch of real estate for 618,000 MANA, which was around $2,430,000. The land is on Decentraland's Fashion Street. Right, of course it Ooh, is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there it is. Well, <laughs> That's fashion. I want to be there. Street. I'm sure there's a lot of leggy fake models. Or, yeah, uh, well, you know, yeah. Which is not a street, of yeah, course. Of course. And the Metaverse Group is going to use it to host digital fashion events. Of course. And sell virtual clothing for avatars at a virtual shopping center. Wow. So you can dress up your avatar. By going to uh, Metaverse's Fashion Street there. Oh uh, Reuters news service visited the virtual clothing uh, outlet multiple times since the sale yeah. of uh, you know this 
transaction here to buy that property, but Reuters didn't see any virtual shoppers at all there. But they're not real, so... Yeah, well, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, where are we going? Where are we going to end up? I feel like... I, that's that's uh, a virtual dog. That's Well, that yeah. is right yeah. there. We are living in a meta land here ourselves, and yeah. yeah. You know, what do you say? I got it. On what the other say? hand, look at it this way. You know, Mahler is the first meta dog. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> right, Mahler. Good boy. With this meta toy. Yeah. Yeah. From Reuters. Yeah. Bad news from Mahler's star rating in China. Oh. Yeah. Because he's very popular in China. Yeah. 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 I don't have any idea why. <laughs> it's his good looks or, you know. <laughs> God knows what. What is it, Mahler? It's his. It's his. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. yeah it's a super terrific personality. It's really what's <laughs> driving that. China's cyberspace regulators said it will tighten oversight over how celebrity information is disseminated online. China. The yeah, they're cracking down they're cracking on down. Uh, cyber stars like Mar Ma 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 Mahler. <laughs> The Cyberspace Administration of China said this was to create a positive and healthy internet environment. So, you know, the internet is kind of not, I mean, it's real, but it's not real. Yeah. But they want to create something more real yeah. on the thing that's not real. Yeah. Uh, they described pro, the proliferation of uh, gossip and star chasing as a bad thing. Yeah. Which, you know, yeah. you gotta, yeah. I'll go for that. And like Bill Murray says, if you have a choice between fame and wealth, go for the wealth. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. go for the wealth. Because the fame part really kind of yeah. sucks. The Cyberspace Administration of China said it will create a negative list that would target online celebrity information and promoted, uh, that promoted bad values such as ostentatious wealth. Yeah, and uh, howling indiscriminately. Well, uh, yeah. yeah, that's the tough part. Yeah, it really is. Gonna... Give him one, Molly. Go oh, ahead. Give, give him your best shot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Take that. Yeah, take that. Yeah. JP. He's off the air in China. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there he. They just cut him off. Yeah. Yeah. Just now. <laughs> Xi Ping, take that. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a he's uh, a, yeah. Go ahead. He's a rebel online. You know, I mean, I, I yeah. read his profile and it's. And the Cyberspace Administration of China is also, uh, they want to get rid of uh, any attempts to encourage fans to spend money to support celebrities. Which, what's the point? Anyway, isn't that the whole idea of celebrity? It's not, yeah. it's not, it, uh, it's to make profits off of it, whether it's financial or, or power. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, the Cyberspace Administration of China how many times have I said that so far? I kind of like it. The Cyber Space Administration of China wow. said celebrity endorsements and advertisements should be clearly marked out by platforms and fan clubs must be managed by authorized agents. Chinese authorities in recent months have moved to dampen what they have called the country's chaotic celebrity fan culture. I've heard about that. Yeah, I have too. Yeah, after a series of celebrity scandals involving tax evasion and sexual assault. China's idol economy is what they call it. Yes. Is projected to be worth 140 billion yuan. That's $22 billion by 2022. Right. Chinese authorities have also ordered actors and other performers to follow moral guidelines or face being banned 
Just this week, the China Association of Performing Arts published a list of 88 people it said were banned from live streaming for reasons including violating ethics. Yeah. I happened to see, I know this is going to be hard to believe, I happened to see a documentary film called The People's Republic of Desire, and it was about this kind of star search, the voice version of people going online and essentially the way that their popularity was enhanced, not by singing or dancing, but by talking about whatever blathering they wanted to get out. And people would send money into this kind of, in, into, into a account. And whoever had the most money at the end of the competition was declared the winner. And there was all kinds of corruption going on. These guys were being bankrolled by these billionaire Chinese guys. A lot of them were essentially using these women for all kinds of things. Wow. And it was, it was, but this is incredibly popular in China. And so this is what I believe this is an outgrowth of what you're talking about, that particular kind of style of entertainment. Yeah. Because it, that's exactly what it sounds like they were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. I agree. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Mahler. Uh-huh. Mahler has this very specific and ironclad agreement in all of his contracts, uh-huh. whether it's in China or yeah. here, uh-huh. no nudity. There's a no nudity clause. Mahler. Yeah, I mean, he has... He's shown, <laughs> he is nude. He, well, he shows leg. He likes to show leg, which is his thing. But he doesn't roll over on he his He doesn't back. roll over. That's yeah. the thing for him. He just yeah. is that kind of a dog. I understand. He's not that kind of a dog. If this news helps you appreciate KUCI's independence from the Cyberspace Administration of China, may I recommend a donation to KUCI right now? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. Very nice, Molly. That was very tasteful. Uh-huh. Was tasteful. He's getting really good on that yeah. violin. Yeah, he really, really. From the New York Times, a federal jury in Cleveland found that three of the nation's largest pharmacy change, chains, CVS Health, Walmart, and Walgreens, had substantially contributed to the crisis of opioid overdoses and deaths in two Ohio counties. Yep. It's the first time the retail segment of the drug industry has been held accountable in the decades-long opioid epidemic. After hearing this coming spring, after hearings this coming spring, the trial judge will determine how much each company should pay the counties. Right. And you know, a lot's going to go on between now and then. Right. Trying to well, persuade the per- those, people. These Purdue representatives... It's, they weren't just targeting doctors to well, prescribe going them. After the, now, the, they, but they were targeting the, the exactly these pharmacies. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. that's what they they were as as far as marketing. They were going on not just the doctors, but yeah. also the uh, dispensaries. The Sackler family. The Sackler family. The drug dealers of the Sackler family. The the Medellin uh, family of America. Yes, the verdict the first from a jury in an opioid case was encouraging to plaintiffs who in thousands of lawsuits nationwide because they are all relying on the same strategy that pharmaceutical companies contributed to a public nuisance. Now, that public nuisance argument was rejected twice just this very month by judges in California and Oklahoma in state cases against opioid manufacturers 
the judges there, this was in state cases, right. and the judges in the states found that according to the specifics of the their own state's public nuisance laws, the company's activities were too removed from the overdoses and deaths and that the laws had been applied too expansively. Uh, however, in this case, in the counties brought by Lake and Trumbull counties in northeastern Ohio, lawyers for the plaintiffs used the public nuisance claim successfully. Hmm. So I, they argued that for years the pharmacies had turned a blind eye to countless red flags about suspicious opioid orders at CVS Health, Walmart, and Walgreens. And of course, like you say, that's coming from Purdue, owned by the Sackler family. Right. Where oversight during these negotiations for the drugs were too little too late. There are all kinds of reports of certain pharmacies, certain either a Rite Aid or whatever else you said CVS, were es essentially dispensing tremendous amounts of opioids, oxycodone yeah. and such, and others weren't. There was you could see the disparity, and you could tell that they were one particular pharmacy was in the business yeah. of dispensing as much as it could, and the other ones weren't. You there was a dis, you know that not all of them performed the same way, but nonetheless, they were involved. Absolutely. From Los Angeles Times, the COVID-19 surge still affecting Central California is so dire that health officials are pleading with state officials to make it easier to transfer hospital patients to areas like Los Angeles. Mm. So they're in the Central Valley and they, they've been trying to uh, relocate people. Right and had had uh it sounds like it's a matter of just the the transfer policies right. the red tape that it takes to do this so i'm guessing these are farm workers basically i don't know there's well, a lot of different people there in the central well, i understand valley, but, but that's where they would, probably, it could be yeah it could yeah. be officials in the san joaquin valley are expecting a difficult winter i think we are a little bit yeah Vaccination rates are still relatively low, and in Fresno County, the region's most popular, populous county, the COVID-19 hospitalization rate is quadruple what is being seen in L.A. and Orange Counties, and more than quintuple San Francisco Bay Area. Right. Hospitals are consistently operating above capacity, and emergency rooms are, so, are still so packed that ambulances are stuck outside the hospitals waiting to drop off patients. That's got to be something. Oh, no, I mean, I to be in an ambulance. I can see even getting wheeled into an emergency room and sitting there for a while not getting treated, but out in the ambulance. Some hospitals are so crowded that ambulance patients suffering from strokes or cardiac-type symptoms are diverted to different facilities. Yeah. Officials from the San Joaquin Valley are pleading with California state officials to find a way to make it easier to transfer hospital patients to other less impacted areas. In the broader picture, getting kids ages 5 to 11 vaccinated will have a major effect on the severity of each region's winter surge. Mm -hmm. While only 7% of Fresno County's children in this age range have received at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccine, about 12% of these children have done so in L.A., San Diego, and Orange Counties. That race in the Bay Area are far greater. That's 28% there. 30 in San Francisco, 46% Marin County. So we've got to get that going. I'm sure that might have just to do with something with the efforts in those areas too. And maybe we're not as, 
they hadn't made it quite as known that it was available to that age group. Well, again, I'll go back to the, the farm workers, the people who are working in the fields, or the proximity of which where they work with each other makes transmittability much more likely. Uh-huh. Uh, these are areas that are not the most robust centers of health care and, and the dispensation of health care. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, I, I'm speculating, but I, I think it's fairly educated to say that uh, this has something to do with the farm industry, farming. All right. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, I'll believe. I'll look it. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at Facebook at facebook.com/kuci88.9 on our Tumblr blog at kuciradio.tumblr.com on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM and on the web at KUCI.org. From the Washington Post. We take a lot of stuff from the Washington Post. They're kind of, con- they've been considered conservative. I think they're they're a uh, conservative liberal paper. Yes, I do. I think that's... But they have plenty of columnists that are... Yeah, great reporters. I mean, they have a ton of Can, really yeah, good reporters. Very conservative in some ways. Yes, I, I call them establishment conservative. Yeah, exactly. Liberal, liberal, somewhat liberal, but more establishment than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, some people think they're fake. I don't get that. I don't know. I, I want to smack you, them. You mean like Fox News calls yeah. them? Yeah. Well, that's idiots. Yeah, those are, those I, don't, are idiots. I don't get that. Those are people who are. The United States, for the first time, was added to the list of backsliding democracies in a report by the Stockholm-based International Institute for Democracy and Election Assistance, or the IIDEA, or the IDEA. <laughs> the IDEA. IDEA is the name of this group, then, mm-hmm. which I will be f- referring to it in... In f- future in, yeah, in sentences. Just a few seconds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The United States, the bastion of global democracy, fell victim to authoritarian tendencies itself and was knocked down a significant number of steps on the democratic scale, the IDEA's Global State of Democracy 2021 report said. The study, which analyzed trends from 2020 to 2021, found that more than a quarter of the world's population now lives in democratically backsliding countries. The world is becoming more authoritarian as non-democratic regimes become even more brazen in their repression, and many democratic governments suffer from backsliding by adopting their tactics of of restricting free speech and weakening the rule of law, exacerbated by what threatens to become a new normal of COVID-19 restrictions. I don't like the word threatens there. Because it makes it sound like doing something sensible is threatening. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the restrictions are sensible. Right. It's the reactions to them right. that are making things bad. The number of countries moving in the direction of authoritarianism is three times the number moving toward democracy. The report found that some of the most worrying, worrying democratic backsliding happened in some of the world's largest countries, including Brazil and India. It also highlighted concerning democratic declines in the United States and three European Union members, Hungary, Poland, and Slovenia. The the report's U.S. assessment centered on developments during the Trump administration. 
Of course it did. Yeah. It called Trump's factually baseless questioning of the legitimacy of the 2020 election results a historic turning point that undermined fundamental trust in the electoral process. And, and I think we're going to find out that in, more and more clearly to me anyway that uh, January 6th was in fact a, an attempt at a violent overthrow of the in, uh, legitimately elected yeah. United States government. I, well, I, I think, yeah, I do. I really I mean, I think that every all this, this for me, the picture is becoming clearer and clearer when Alex Jones and Roger Stone said Trump will meet us at the Capitol. Yeah, I think they really thought that Pence would stop the vote. Yeah, would stop it. Yeah, creating a constitutional crisis. And God knows what else was planned. Well, as far as the violence goes, I think it was like, kind of like they thought it would be a Brooks Brothers uh, revolt on steroids. In other words, they'd get a lot more people there who were on their side that would be able to pressure the officials, this time being Mike Pence. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a violent coup in the fact that, yeah, people were hurt and, you know, but it wasn't a machine gun coup. It, no, it, it was It wasn't no, a no, military coup. Right. It was what they thought would be a populist rebellion. That's what the way they would characterize it. Right. But. Really, it was a, a stupid people rebellion. Well, it was. They, they but... convinced enough people out there that the the election re election results were were bad. They weren't, you know, people weren't counting the results right. Even after they had judges who were appointed by Trump saying, "No, that's not right." The election results. Joe Biden is president. Right. I know, but but stupid doesn't mean they're any less culpable. No, no, I didn't say yeah, that. No, I know, but I'm, I'm, you're right. And yeah. I agree with everything you just said. I'm just saying that it's it wasn't just these guys showing up at the Capitol upset that Trump was not going to become the next president. Yeah. It was a coordinated effort that in some ways may or may not, and we'll find out, have included the Department of Defense, those people that Trump appointed yeah. to at the last minute yeah. to be over at the Department. Christopher Miller. Yeah. Especially, he yeah, was, he was the those Secretary people of Defense. were there for a reason, yeah. and this is the reason why they were there. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, what they we were talking about that right when it happened back in the day. We we yeah. were, uh, you know, what was it that the year two years ago, whenever it was, yeah. when they appointed Christopher Miller yeah. during the last month of yeah. Trump's presidency, they appointed Miller as the Secretary of Defense. And you wonder why would this be during the last thirty days? That's when you're winding down. Right. Uh, you know, is he going to be pulling strings? Because remember, the election had already happened. Right. Is he going to be doing something here? And the courts had already ruled. A lot of the courts had already ruled that the lawsuits about the integrity of the election had been um, they had been thrown out of court. Yeah, they had sixty trials, <laughs> sixty of them, and all of them were all of the judges ruled that in fact the election was was legitimate and fair, and there was not a significant, um, certainly not enough voter fraud to have affected the election. There's always going to be cases where the husband votes for the dead wife, which we which we know now is another case yeah. that's currently going through the courts. That Yeah, that happens every once in a while, but one vote in a rural county in o Iowa is not going to impact the election of the United States presidency. Yeah. So, I, yeah. And that guy who voted, did you mention that he was Republican? Yeah. That would vote for He voted for Republican. Yeah. yeah. And these audits are finding that Biden got more votes yeah. than they thought before. Yeah. I hope anyone who's listening 
I hope there's no one who's listening that's one of those people. Yeah. Because I don't think they can be persuaded yeah. by anything. Right. Right. Because the answer is always, well, you just don't know all the facts. Yeah. You just don't know. Well, we don't know their stories, their right. fantasies. Right now, there's several hundred people milling around Dealey Plaza waiting for John, John Kennedy Jr. <laughs> to come back to the place where his father was head was blown off yeah. to lead their movement into the what? Into world domination? I don't, these people well, forget, are... You forgot to mention that, that uh, Johnny Jr. is dead too. Yes, Johnny yeah. Jr. is also dead. <laughs> yeah. And Mike Lindell is holding a four-day talkathon in order to promote Mike Lindell of the My Pillow fame. Yeah. He's doing a four-day BS. Yeah, a thon. A thon. So anyway, I know we're off on a completely yeah. weird track. We did it again. Yeah, we did it again, sorry. Trump's tactics had spillover effects, including in Brazil, Mexico, and Peru, among others, the report concluded. So Trump's yeah. lying. Yeah. And his fantasies have uh, encouraged other authoritarian regimes. Oh, let's take a pl uh, ball break here, okay? <laughs> okay. You want to do that? Yeah. 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 Oh, hey. hey, Mark. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Go get it, boy. Yeah. All right. Get it, get it, get it. Oh, yeah. oh what? Oh. Ah, yeah, there he is. Boy. Good boy. Whew. <laughs> From our good friend Michael Hiltzik at the Los Angeles Times, or at Los Angeles Times. I told you a million times why I do that. I just have a hard time saying the twice. I can't, I can't the, bring myself to say the twice. <laughs> Amid all the crass stupidities and rank hypocrisy directed at Saleh Amarova, remember her, yeah. Biden's yeah. nominee as comptroller of the currency, one remark stands apart. I don't mean any disrespect, Senator John Kennedy, a Republican from Louisiana, told Amarova at her Senate Banking Committee confirmation hearing. I just don't know whether to call you professor or comrade. Oh, my God. That was, that was, did you see that? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. I've read it. Yeah. I read a little bit about it, but yeah, I didn't see Have it. you now or ever been a member of the Communist Party? That, now, he didn't say that, no, but that's what he's saying that's here. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Omarova is a law professor at Cornell. She was born and raised in the former Soviet Union. Her family suffered tragically at the hands of the Soviets. Her grandmother herself escaped death twice under the Stalin regime. Omarova's place of birth, though, has emerged as a principal concern for Republicans and some Democrats, but Republicans mainly, like Kennedy, because they're fronting for the banking industry. Yeah. This is uh, Michael Hiltzik's column in the Los Angeles Times. The banks want no one like Omarova in place as comptroller. There are two reasons for this. One is that she's likely to shake up the agency. She will shake up the yeah, agency. She will. She will. Uh, the agency itself is a banking regulator right now that has been so thoroughly captured by the industry, the banking industry, that it serves as little more than a banker's fifth column embedded in the executive branch. There you go. By the way, can we stop calling him Senator John Kennedy and start calling him by his rightful name, Senator Foghorn Leghorn? Yeah, really. And I don't mean any disrespect to anyone from the South by reading it like this, but it, you can't help but 
I hear said, that when I you said, hear him. And it's so contrived, too. It is. Yeah, because he's a he's, Harvard educated. What did he go to? Yeah he's, yeah. yeah, he's one of these blue bloods who went to, you know, the, some of the finest universities. And he still acts like he's Fred Haney from Green Acres. <laughs> Fred Haney. I know that's a I pretty, haven't heard of that name for a long Mr. time. Mr. Haney to you. Mr. Yeah, yeah. Haney. Mr. Haney from Green Acres. I'm their senator from Louisiana uh, now. Yeah. Now, now yeah. the other reason that they don't want uh, Amarova as the comptroller is uh, having studied American banking for the better part of three decades, she knows more about the industry than most bankers. Yes. She knows how it works. She knows that they're lying. She knows that they'll do anything for a buck. Yeah. They'll destroy the country for a buck. Yes, they will. They did in two. They tried to. Well, tried to. They, their malfeasance almost caused the United States economy to collapse in two thousand and eight. Yeah. And they did not care. They got all their money back. So. The nervousness of the banking industry about Saleh Amarova is the strongest recommendation for her confirmation. Amen, and, Michael. Yeah. Michael Hiltzik, yes. L.A. Times, Amen. one of our favorites. Yes. He's been around for a long time, and he just always writes good, solid columns Absolutely. several a week. Yeah. And they are well-researched. It's amazing. I don't see how the guy does it. He's one of the best writers out there. Be We're keep, lucky to have him here. Yes, keep up the good work, Michael. Yeah, yeah. That's right. From the Military Times. The head of Ukraine's Defense Intelligence Agency said that Russia has more than 92,000 troops amassed around UK, Ukraine's borders and is preparing for an attack by the end of January or the beginning of February. That's not good news. No. The attack would likely involve airstrikes, artillery and armored attacks, followed by airborne assaults in the east, amphibious assaults in Odessa, and a smaller incursion through neighboring Belarus. Ukraine Brigadier General Kirill uh, Budinov said. Yeah. The attack Russia is preparing, said Budinov, would be far more devastating than anything before seen in the conflict that began in 2014 and has seen some 14,000 Ukrainians killed. Yeah, that's a serious threat. It is whether or not the Russians really are prepared to move forward in a land war. It would be extremely costly on both sides, but certainly the Russian army would be um, beat up. Yeah. And and so obviously the Ukrainians would probably lose militarily, but then they would be occupying a hostile country on their border yeah. for many years to come. Other than just to keep uh, Putin in power, because he is under serious political threat right now. The people who have been behind Navalny have really managed to uh, ignite an awful lot of opposition. The, the uh, Putin's party can no longer put their designation on the ballot as being part of that party. Huh. They lose because when they do that, so the, so Putin's party has decided to, they're nondescript candidates on the ballot. And it's just, things are happening in Russia. Is it enough? Who knows? But things are happening. From Yahoo News. While much of the conversation around our climate crisis focuses on the emission of greenhouse gases and their effect on warming, precipitation, sea level rise, and ocean acidification. Little is said about the effect of climate change on oxygen levels, particularly in oceans and lakes. Water without adequate oxygen cannot support life, and for three billion people who depend on coastal fisheries for income, declining oxygen levels are catastrophic. 
As the amount of CO2 increases in the atmosphere, not only does it warm air by trapping radiation, it warms water. The interplay between oceans and the atmosphere is complex and interwoven, but simply, oceans have taken up about 90% of the excess heat created by climate change during the Anthropocene. Bodies of water can absorb CO2 and O2, but only to a temperature-dependent limit. Gas solubility decreases with warming temperatures, that is, warmer water holds less oxygen. This decrease in oxygen content, coupled with a large-scale die-off of oxygen-generating phyto phytoplankton resulting not just from climate change, but from plastic pollution and industrial runoff, comprises ecosystems, asphyxiating marine life, and leading to further die-offs. Okay. So you have large swaths of oceans have lost 10 to 40% of their oxygen, and that loss is expected to accelerate. Roughly 40% of the world depends on the oceans for their livelihood. So, And we all depend on the oceans for, yeah. for our ability to sustain life yeah. on the planet. Yeah, you know, those, it's yeah. economical. Yeah. Well, yeah. Although that, it's not, you just can't say, well, they're just going to be poorer people out there. They're going to want to move. Yeah. And the migration is going to bring on all sorts of other problems with it. Yes. A lot of military problems and... Yeah. Just in general, all the dying off of the uh, life there, the way that's going to pan out is a, uh, like they said in this article, something we hadn't really, we don't focus too much on. No, it's true. These are the, you mentioned the Anthropocene, yeah. uh, which is an epoch that has been designated by scientist as the new epoch that we're in. I like to call it the Pyrocene. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's the age of fire. And we are, in, it designates that human beings are having a dire impact on our planet. That's what it means. Our and anthropotic bodies. It's an age of extinction if we don't do something about it. Yep. From the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA, which is the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, launched the Double Asteroid Redirection Test Mission, yeah. a, or DART, as they call it. DART. Okay, that's kind of a double word. asteroid redirection test mission. I, I like that. I, I don't like know what that, double really. means, but I mean I know what double means, but I don't know in this case. Yeah. Uh, that they launched this DART from the U.S. Space Force Base in California, uh, 1,200-pound refrigerator-sized spacecraft will trek around the sun to slam into a small asteroid named uh, Dimorphos. Dimorphos. Yeah, that's it. Demorphous. Demorphous. At 15,000 miles per hour, this little refrigerator is going to be going uh, next year. If the mission succeeds, it could demonstrate for the first time humanity's ability to punch a potentially hazardous asteroid away from Earth. Oh, all right. The $324 million DART mission is unusual for NASA, a civilian agency that focuses mainly on exploration, climate monitoring, and hunting for signs of past life in our solar system, while it coordinates with and relies on the U.S. Department of F Defense for some activities, NASA has not traditionally been responsible for leading efforts to protect the U.S., or the Earth for that matter, from any security threat. That changed in 2005 when Congress assigned the agency the imperative of protecting the planet 
from dangerous objects that orbit the sun and have the bad habit of occasionally crossing paths with us. With us. There, I think the theory is still viable, correct me if I'm wrong, that the reason that dinosaurs are no longer running around the planet has to do somewhat because they suspect an asteroid hit the planet causing a catastrophic release of dust and dirt into the air, creating the environment for them to die off. Somewhat's the key word there, but yeah, yeah. 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 You don't want to be hit by a big rock. No. That's what the deal is. No, you don't. And they're big enough to cause some... It's, a, it's, yeah, it's pretty like remarkable how small they really are in relation to how much damage they can do yeah. because of the force with which they hit the planet. Yeah. That's the main yeah. thing. Yeah, they really aren't all that big. Yeah, I often wonder what that would be like. To be yeah, witness. To be here yeah. on Earth knowing yeah. that this rock is headed toward the planet and as it gets closer and closer, we're, we're able to more and more tell exactly where it's going to hit. Right. How is that going to affect, uh, will, will they release that information? Right, even? right. Or will they just say, well, you know, who needs Los Angeles? Yeah. Eee. Indeed. <laughs> From the Sacramento Bee. Fresh off news that California is set to raise the cannabis cultivation tax despite projections of a $31 billion surplus, one marijuana entrepreneur is calling for a potential tax revolt this summer. Michael Mikey Steinmetz. It's Mikey Mike. Mikey Mike. Mike. Yeah. Mike Mikey. <laughs> Mike? Yes. Mike. Yes. Mikey. Yes. You like to be called Mikey. I'm, I like Mikey. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Steinmetz, co-founder of the company that makes the Flow Kana cannabis brand. You ever seen that? Mm -mm. I've actually had some of Have that you? stuff. Yeah. And? I, yeah. It's good. Right, okay. Yeah. All right. Is threatening. Mikey is threatening to withhold his taxes unless Governor Gavin Newsom and the legislature adjust state marijuana regulations on July 1st, 2022. He's calling on other CEOs to join him in this effort. Growers want changes to the cultivation tax because they pay it before the sale is made. Oh, yeah. Wow. The proposed increase has drawn condemnation from cannabis advocates, including California Normal, whose director, Dale Greiringer, said in a statement, the legal industry is already so burdened by excessive taxes and regulation that it cannot compete with unlicensed marketers. Yep. California needs to be reducing, not increasing cannabis rates, ta cannabis taxes to make the legal market more competitive. Yep. Amen. Steinmetz called for the cultivation tax to be eliminated and for the state to issue a three-year tax holiday for the cannabis excise tax. California collected $333 million in total cannabis taxes for the second quarter of 2021. That's up $264 million in the same period from last year. Which is when it was really starting to kick yeah. in, right? Wow. Yeah. You know, that that is a thing. And also what you said about people who were growers in the black market era yeah. and making that transition into the legal era have really gotten screwed. The small, what they call OG, original growers, really yeah. very difficult. And the fact that they essentially did away with something that was in Prop, I think it was Prop 64 that legalized it. They did away with a caveat that said there would be a ban on uh, farms greater than five acres 
for a five-year period, giving yeah. those growers an opportunity before the big kids got into the game, yeah. right? They just did away with it. Yeah. And that just essentially crippled a lot of these people who were hoping to make that transition yeah. into the legal realm. From BBC News, Tesla drivers were locked out of their cars after an outage struck the car maker's app. The electric car owners posted on uh, social media about seeing an error message on the mobile app that was preventing them from starting their cars. Tesla chief executive Elon Musk personally responded to one complaint from a driver in South Korea saying on Twitter, checking. <laughs> well. Yeah, I bet you he was out there checking. <laughs> Good God, checking. Checking. <laughs> he was just smoking some dope. That's what he was doing. That's, yeah, it's, he's all openly... Right, he's talked openly about. He's done it on air oh, or on a pod. Yeah. What was that? Some sort of video broadcast. Okay. He was. Yeah. You watch him sure. get more and more baked, baked, and then talk more and more I'm ridiculously sure. I, about his plans for the world. I'm sure this the board, his a board of uh, you know, uh, was probably you know freaking out. But probably, the, yeah, uh, yeah. The board, of whatever. What the matter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And finally, yeah. from the Daily Beast, uh -huh. James Beeks. James Beeks, a musical theater actor with multiple Broadway credits. Did I say that right? Broadway? Uh, yeah. Broadway, Broadway credits yeah. was arrested on charges of obstruction of Congress and unlawfully entering the Capitol on January 6th. Oh, yeah. What are those guys? The 49-year-old Beeks was listed on the Jesus Christ Superstars U.S. tour cast page as playing Judas under the name of James T. Justice. Jimmy <laughs> Justice. Federal investigators attended several performances of the Jesus Christ Superstar tour in November to order, in order to observe Beeks in the role. Beeks' Broadway credits include Kinky Boots. You see that one? No. Aida. I haven't seen that. No, Ragtime. I saw once that like 20 years ago. That was uh, Dr. Rose's so, book, right? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it was good. It was all yeah. right. Yeah. The movie was okay. Yeah. Saw it on Broadway, too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Smokey Joe's Cafe. That's another one of Beak's. Uh... Okay. And he's also a self-described top Michael Jackson tribute artist. Jesus. He described himself as he that. He did. He did that. Yeah, top. They should throw him in jail for just that. Yeah. According right. to a federal investigation, Beeks was part of the mob that attacked law enforcement as it pushed into the Capitol. He had paid dues to the Oath Keepers just two weeks before January 6th. Yeah. Unlike many others around him who wore homemade body armor to the insurrection, Beeks apparently chose to sport a bad jacket from michael jackson's world tour so no one would remember him yeah, right exactly yeah well good Bad. well hopefully hopefully his cellmates will remember his name too yeah, yeah i hope so you can subscribe to the weekly signals weekly review podcast at weeklysignals.com weeklysignals.com subscribe now <laughs> <laughs>